Listener Production. US stocks wobble as investors consider the latest earnings results. And a flat start expected for Aussie shares as investors reflect on the latest job figures. I'm Tom. I'm Craig. It's Friday, the 21st of July. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Craig, welcome. Well, it's good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Ryan, a great supporter of uh, football, the world's game. Uh, he took his young ladies out to the game last night. So uh, shout out to you, Treacle, if you're listening. But um, Craig, speaking of results, some big ones in US terms overnight in terms of how the markets were responding. And just to recap on the prices, the more narrowly focused Dow doing quite well, actually. It's ninth consecutive day of gain. So I think that's the first time that we have seen that in around yeah, five or six years. Longest winning streak since 2017. So you've got to go back a fair while. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, back to our youth. So the Dow up by a little under a half of 1%. Uh, the S&P 500 was the opposite of that. It fell by around two-thirds of a percent. Where the rubber really hit the road for the sellers was the NASDAQ. It was down by a little over 2%. And uh, the very obvious influence on that index came from your larger marquee technology names in a variety of settings, but it was really Tesla and Netflix. Yeah, Tesla shares down around about 10%. Netflix shares down around about um, 8%. Uh, you look at Netflix um, results, subscriber numbers up. Yeah, you know, sort of surprisingly, the crackdown on passwords up by 5.9 million, an 8% gain, but they missed on revenues. So that disappointed the investors. And Tesla, good results, top line, bottom line. Uh, but production is likely to slow in the third quarter for major factory Im- improvements and also concerns about um, its margins. So Tesla shares lower by 10%. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's important to contextualise those moves overnight following the results. These stocks have seen Mm. breathtaking improvements over the course of the year so far. So in Netflix uh, terms, that stock is up by close to 50%, even with today's fall. And Tesla has seen uh, an extraordinary improvement over this year. It's up by more than 140%. So there were some interesting anecdotes to come out of both of the results. I uh, read some of Elon Musk's uh, comments. And one of the concerns for the automakers in recent times has been their access to chips. Mm, And in relation to NVIDIA, he said that they will take as much of NVIDIA's hardware as they can get their hands on uh, and that NVIDIA can't keep up with demand. And I don't know what sort of impression you have of Elon Musk, but I would say that the bar's pretty high to win Mr. Musk's esteem. And he said that he has tremendous respect for the CEO of NVIDIA, uh, Jason Huang, uh, just as an anecdote. You know, it's always important to dig into the personalities of these CEOs, Craig. Well, yes, they set the the scene for, for how their the companies are going to be run, so it's very, very important. So. <laughs> well, yeah, Elon certainly sets the scene for a whole <laughs> range of issues, but I suppose that the important thing is that even with those sorts of glowing comments, uh, NVIDIA shares were still down by around 3%, and so it gives you a flavour of uh, why the NASDAQ slumped to the extent that it did, being down by around 2%. You know, there has been ex- an extraordinary fervor around AI. There has been a lot of optimism uh, heading into these results. And not that these are going to necessarily recast expectations 
uh, these numbers from Netflix and Tesla. But I suppose it's just a little bit of a cooling uh, relative to the euphoria that we have seen from time to time over the course of the last couple of months. Yeah, I think uh, over the, the earnings season, we're going to see a little bit of uh, focus on the, the expectations that have been built up. And um, if we look at you know, so the overall companies that have reported so far, according to FactSet, 74% of the S&P 500 uh, companies have beaten expectations with, with their results. Now, if you don't beat them by as much as, you know, sort of what you know, should be expected, you're likely to get some profit taking coming in. And we probably saw that to extend in terms of Netflix and Tesla. But uh, we had a lot of companies reporting overnight. Uh, Travelers, the insurance company, up by 1.8%. It beat, you know, sort of forecast. Uh, Johnson & Johnson, J&J, up in the order of 6%, uh, lifted full-year profit guidance. Um, but, you know, sort of American Airlines down by, by the order of 6%. And, IBM shares up by around about 2%. There's, there's a lot of figures you know, sort of in there. There's a lot happening in the markets at the moment because it's earnings season. I think that is an excellent observation that you make, Craig, but in headline terms, often our attention gravitates very strongly to those very fashionable, attractive names. There is a universe of stocks that exist below that that are quietly yes. going about their business keeping the US economy moving along. And in uh, figurative and literal terms, United Airlines applies to that comment. Whilst you have uh, spoken about some travel stocks there that didn't do as well, United Airlines recorded uh, a record quarter of earnings. Uh, the stock was up by around 3%. They upgraded their outlook, and that was an important contribution uh, to that move higher for the stock. But what was interesting for me was that uh, a counterpart for them in the European experience was EasyJet, and they recorded record pre-tax profit of £203 million for the third quarter. They have had some pretty challenging times over the course of the last six months. It's been a very active northern hemisphere in terms of the summer, in terms of people travelling and the like. And you know, to see these sort of record numbers, the question now is, uh, whether or not it's going to continue to improve or whether or not there will be some sort of a consolidation. Markets populated with the universe of cynics that uh, <laughs> uh, they are judging that this is as good as it gets for the moment. So that's part of the reason why you've seen mixed results. But still, EasyJet down by around 1.8% for the session, up by almost 50% in year-to-date terms. Yeah, we've always got to be forward-looking. And um, certainly you know, see here in Australia, there's a lot of people who say, say that, you know, so I've got to use my credits on the airlines by the end of this year, otherwise they're, they're going to expire. So everyone's flying around the world, you know, so my, my sister-in-law went there, my brother, you know, sort of flew overseas, you know, sort of everyone. No one seems to be left except for you and me. You know, what so a just... cosmopolitan family you reside <laughs> in, Craig. How lovely. Uh, yes, it has been something that gets talked about a lot these days. Apparently everyone's in Europe, Craig. Apparently, um, yes. So it's just the workers that are left back here in Australia <laughs> with their nose to the grindstone. But... Uh, there was a smattering of economic news last night, Craig, where the US markets were concerned. Is there anything that you would mention if you're writing home? Well, the jobs market in the United States is still in very good shape. We saw a fall in unemployment claims, claims for unemployment insurance, down by 9,000 to 228,000. Markets were expecting 242,000. So yep. it shows the job market's in good shape. We saw existing home sales down by 3.3%, so a softness in terms of existing home sales, as you would expect with higher interest rates. But the leading index 
Now, this is an interesting one, down by seven-tenths of one percent, broadly in line with market forecast, but that's the 15 straight decline. And some of the commentators are saying, look, we're seeing some good earnings results at the moment, so seeing some good figures in terms of the job market, but overall, the economy could still go into recession in, in the third quarter of this year and extend it out to the first quarter of, of next year. So we still have to watch the, these numbers you know, sort of very, very carefully. Yes, well, look, um, sometimes these forecasters end up with the equivalent of an omelette on their face, Craig, <laughs> when it comes to some of their predictions. The bond market, for one, was uh, not necessarily attuned to those comments because what we saw was a pretty decent move higher for both yes. long and short-term interest rates, uh, notwithstanding that drop in the leading indicator, which is obviously looking into the future. So two-year treasuries were up by about eight basis points to 4.83%. That is a pretty decent move higher. And also, uh, longer dated bonds, uh, 10-year treasury notes, uh, which are more attuned to uh, inflationary outcomes, Mm. again, saw a decent sell-off. So the yield's higher, uh, lower in price, up by 10 basis points to 3.84%. And really, that was probably another factor that was contributing to that more than 2% decline for the NASDAQ. Uh, I suppose if we go to to commodities, go across the the board, uh, the oil price was up by 4 tenths to 1% for the NYMEX, and and Brent was also slightly higher. So that should be good for our energy sector here in Australia today. Uh, The gold price down by $9.90 an ounce, or half of 1%. So gold stocks may sort of see a little bit of a retreat in terms of our market. Iron ore... Up in the order of 35 cents or three tenths of 1%. So good news for, for the likes of BHP, Rio and Fortescue and, and the like. Uh, the overall for, for our market likely to get off to a flat start. A down flat around start. About- mm. Indeed. So I just want to quickly reflect on some of the gains in Europe. So the German market was up 0.6%, the UK market up 0.8% and the French market up by around three quarters of a percent. So more uniform compared to what we saw in the US experience. Mining, industrial, and bank stocks in particular did well yes. as far as the European experience is concerned. Craig, I don't know what gets your attention in Europe, but when Italian banks are doing well, I'm always very interested to see what's going on there. And as much as anything else, that is a reflection of the the groundswell beneath equity markets at the moment. So in Italy, one of the um, most significant banks is Unicredit. It's uh, uh, an important organisation. It has been marked down over the course of recent history because in part of just being an Italian bank, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. also because of its uh, exposure to Russia, it was up quite substantially last night, reflecting gains broadly for European banks. It was up by about a percent. But there's been a re-rating over the course of the last couple of months, quarters. That stock's up by about 50% in year-to-date terms. So if you think of the journey that we've been through with financials, Mm. some of these stocks can reflect canaries in the coal mines. I'm not getting too enthusiastic about things, but I'm just saying that things have come from a bad position to a less bad position at the moment. And some of these stocks have really been the beneficiaries of that. And some of the US regional banks in US are performing a whole lot better now. You said the brokers are coming out with more positive views on, on the regional banks. We're not hearing about the, the troubles so much that we heard earlier in the year, which you know, sort of derailed the, the markets. So, so a bit a bit of optimism. Yes, There's a lot of green shoots around the place. Well, look, there are, and uh, we'll see to what extent they will prevail. Next week is an extraordinarily important week mm-hmm. uh, in the local context with the release of inflation numbers. Yesterday's employment figures, Craig, they were hotter than expected. What was your take? Well, jobs continue to rise up around about 33,000, 105,000 know, over the second uh, quarter. Uh, the unemployment rate you know, sort of steady at 3.5%, not far away from, from a 50-year low. We're running out of workers here in Australia. Old people like me are sort of <laughs> re- retiring. 
the younger ones are coming in, but there's fewer of the younger ones coming in, so we're getting the migrants in from abroad to be able to fill the positions. And they're going to a job in day one, and that's good news for for the economy. Um, There's a lot of hand-wringing in terms of the, the job figures. It doesn't necessarily mean that prices are going to move higher. We've got a tight job market that can put upward pressure on wages and prices. But if we see supply equaling demand, we don't have you know, so the increase in, in terms of prices. So certainly, yes, you know, so we've got the demand for goods with jobs rising. That's positive. But if they're going out there and being more productive and producing the goods that, that we need, goods and services, then we don't need to see the inflationary pressures. But you know, so yes, the focus will be um, on Wednesday with the inflation figures and uh, the retail spending figures on, on the Friday. So those are the two indicators to, to watch over the coming week. Indeed. The Aussie dollar has uh, firmed up a little bit in the last day, and that's probably understating things a, a little bit. It's trading around 67.8 US cents. Indeed, a reflection of those stronger employment figures. Craig, it's been a pleasure talking to you this morning. It's been a pleasure for me being here. Have a lovely weekend, listeners. We look forward to your companionship next week. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.